say hi to all my Grace Point family and welcome all of our visitors today. I'm obviously not there as I'm up in the great Northwest. Uh, right now outside of Seattle, Washington at Snoqualmie Falls. I'm here speaking for my friends Ryan and Michelle Meeks at East Lake Community Church, which is a sister church of ours. Great folk. Uh, they've actually been off from church for about five weeks now and they're just now coming back in a new location. Their story and our story track incredibly. We did inclusion together and we've just been together for years now. So glad to be here with them. Missing you guys, but I'm very happy in my stead to have Pastor John McLean from First Unity, the wonderful folk who are hosting us here in this new campus. He's going to be speaking for me today. I want to welcome and I hope you'll make welcome Pastor John McLean. Okay. Thank you for allowing me my First Amendment right to wear a jacket tonight. You don't want to see this in a t-shirt. <laughs> and would that all of us could go through every moment thinking that it was well with our soul. That is something to be uh, wished for, but it's something that our practice can create for us. And that's the focus of my work, is always to invite and engage everybody to move into some kind of practice so that you will be equipped to work in the world in the way that you want to. The world needs a lot of us to be showing up with peace, with love, with joy, with basic human decency and respect right now, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, crowds my space, I know. I had an interesting uh, example of my space being crowded this week, but not inside my head and my computer. Uh, being the age I am, I am pretty, uh, pretty adept at everything that I need to do, but I was having an experience this week where my computer was getting slower and slower and slower, uh, hour by hour, and I was sure that there was some virus from, the, uh, from Russia that was in my computer. And this went on day after day. Things were getting slower and slower. And then I wanted to throw it out the window because I just don't know about these things. I don't know how to fix these things until the whole thing came to a complete stop on Wednesday. And I did get my tech support on the phone. The Apple uh, tech support guy was very nice. And he said... Have you unplugged your router lately? Now, all y'all are young and you probably know about that. And uh, no, I had not unplugged my router. Because evidently, stuff gets crowded in there. There are computer people here, yes, I'm sure, that you know the answer to what this stuff is. But it doesn't make any sense to me because it's nothing that I can see. If there's something that's getting jammed up in my computer, it's not like a pint of cottage cheese that I know is 14 months old that's sitting in my refrigerator. It's a thing that's sitting there. I cannot see this, so I don't know why that it is getting jammed up, but I know that my serenity and my ability to function with this tool that I really, really need right now has completely been lost. I did uh, unplug my router and uh, it was all restored. Why this happens, I don't know. How it happens, I don't know. But it just does. This is true 
for us. Stuff comes at us, stuff comes into us on a relentless basis that jams us up so severely that we do not have the opportunity to have access to our own nature. Peace, love, joy are aspects of your nature. They're not things that you have to earn or learn they're part of your Christed wholeness, but we lose access to them when our operating system gets too messed up. There is a way to handle this situation. Spiritual practice handles this situation. Anything that you might think of as a spiritual practice is there to restore your equanimity. It's there to restore a sense of spaciousness in your mind and or in your soul whatever idea word or image works for you Jesus knew this there are all kinds of stories before any big event he took time apart before he begins his ministry he spends 40 days in the desert 40 days well I'm sorry I was just going to say 40 days means what do you have this in this church? 40 means as long as it takes in the Bible. I learned this from a rabbi friend of mine. It rains for 40 days and nights because that's how long it took to flood the earth. Jesus goes to be alone in the desert for 40 days and nights because that's how long it takes for him to get ready to begin his ministry. Well, however long it takes for you to restore your sense of poise, is what's going to be required so you can reclaim the features of your operating system. It's really simple, and it is that elegant. When we talk about, and I love that song, Matt, the way uh, y'all sang that. I kind of only know the kindergarten version of that. That was really beautiful, Peace Like a River. This peace, this joy, this love that we talk about are really important. If we don't have them, if we're not deeply rooted in those things, we really aren't going to be very present for the world. We're not going to be present for our own needs. We're not going to be present for our partners or our children. We're not gonna be present at the workplace, in this community, or in any other activity that we give ourselves to. Peace is not just the absence of violence, it's peace of mind, peace of heart, and peace of spirit. A feeling that no matter what else is going on, that you are sure that progress is still being made or healing is happening still. And what is joy? Joy delights in the way things are. It's not manic behavior. It's not winning the lottery. It's not a giant pizza, whatever it is, uh, that... Uh, makes you happy, happy, joy, joy? 
but it simply delights in the way things are. There's a really elegant translation of Psalm number one which says, blessed are the man and the, and the woman who have grown beyond greed and hatred and no longer nourish illusions. They keep their heart open day and night. They delight in the way things are. Just as they are. Just as they are. Love. There are several kinds of love. Uh, Dr. King gave a great speech at one point in his life when he talked about Philadelphus, which is brotherly love. He talked about Eros, which is uh, getting jiggy. And he talked about agape love, which is the way God loves us. But love is the self-givingness of spirit. As simple as that. Love does not withhold. Love supports. Love is open-handedness. Very simple. Very simple. But you know, so many of these teachings and the teachings of Jesus, which I really, uh, I'm a big fan of. I take my Christianity neat. I was a bartender for a long time. I don't like a lot of other things. The gospels are great and the wisdom teachings of Jesus are all I need for a lifetime of challenge and of growth. Peace, love, joy, kindness, awareness. These are all really wonderful, powerful, important capacities. I'm always going to say this. Capacities that you already are. Our work is always to remember that and to be confident enough to find skillful ways of letting them out in the world, of liberating yourself so that you can be an effective, gracious, creative, and powerful co-creator of this experience that we're having. Why it is so important to have spiritual practice, to be engaged and working on one's self, is that we would have these in abundance. If we do not have an appropriate relationship with ourselves, if we do not have a real high regard for ourselves, then we don't have much to share. We have to give from the sense of overflowingness of that which we already are. Uh, I guess they still do it on the airplanes. They would say in an event of an emergency, the, the oxygen masks will come down, put your mask on first. Put your mask on first. Why? Because you cannot be of help to anybody if you are suffering or if you are under duress. If you do not or have not found a way to basically dig who you are, then that is work to do. And it's the most rewarding work that you could possibly do in your lifetime. If you don't get up in the morning and look at yourself and go, I would so go out with you, then you are missing a huge opportunity. You've got to feel at least that good about who you are. Some of you are smiling, some of you are not. That'll be your homework. 
Go home and look at your mirror and look, at, look in the big mirror when you can see yourself naked, please. Do that. And then I want to praise report next week about how that went for you. <laughs> Here's the deal. Even when we come to a church experience, we can forget that we are here to work on ourselves first. That it can be so outward focused or we can feel erroneously that I have to keep learning this. I have, there's more that I need to know before I can begin to do whatever it is I think that I need to do or I really need to understand this at a more sophisticated level. You don't. You don't. There are so many uh, interpretations of the, that very brief story. Maybe John Pavlovitz said it last week, I don't know, about the rich man who uh, wants to follow Jesus and Jesus says, sell everything you have and follow me. It's really that simple. What do I have to do to walk the path of righteousness? Just stop, unplug. Unplug from everything that you think is gonna make it better. In the absence of all the stuff, are you still going to find yourself acceptable? And the answer has to be, heck yes. You see, whether you like it or not, you're perfect, whole, and complete, and lacking nothing, just as you are. And in my tradition, this may sound blasphemous, uh, I like to say, you know, I don't need, salvation is not an issue for me. I don't want to be saved. I want to be spent. I want to leave it all on the stage while I'm here. That every one of us is imbued with an embarrassment of riches, exactly as you are. And finding a way, as the poet writes, whence the imprisoned splendor may escape is the work of your lifetime. How do you sh shine your light among others without cultivating sense of self as peace, as joy, as love, just not gonna, you're not going to be able to give the gift in the way you want to. It's not going to happen. To understand oneself being fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, what do, what do these words actually mean? They, mean? they mean that you're good to go. Just as you are. You're ready now to do whatever it is you want to do. I often think, you know, if God were kind of the very specific person and the universe didn't exist and he was sitting around thinking, well, I wonder if I should make a cosmos or not before the Big Bang and then God saying to himself, well, I think I really need to lose 40 pounds before I do that. You know, th these, are, these are stupid considerations. So what are we waiting for? Now is the time, friends, 
we don't have forever. I was at an event on Thursday night at the uh, Whiteman Chapel at Scarrett Bennett. Uh, it was a project of black gay pride and HIV uh, program. And one of the participants, and it was a performance, one of the participants in this said, as part of his share, he said, I have survived HIV. I have survived cocaine addiction. And I have survived church hurt. Those were the three things that he chose as the three biggest obstacles in his life to overcome. I'm making a quick segue here. But the fact that all y'all have bravely moved beyond small considerations and opened yourselves up to what really are the basic teachings of Jesus as well as basic common decency is something that is so important for the whole planet right now that I really want to, as an outside voice, make sure you know that you're being recognized as doing something that is critically important for the whole world. And that if I hadn't moved to the South, I wouldn't, I was raised Catholic and I was pretty happy as a kid. It was no big whoop, one way or the other. Didn't add anything to my life, didn't diminish it. But I never understood that someone could be hurt by their church experience. So, you know, here you are on the other side of that divide, actively working so that that type of thing isn't going to happen anymore. And because you have skillful leadership here and someone like Stan and the other good people that are here, that to do this with a sense of peace and love and joy is a thing that is going to make such a difference and why this community is really so important exactly as it is and exactly with what you've dedicated yourself to. That said, the ministry your ministry has a particular mission of peace, love, and joy, and I invite each one of you to take on a mission of peace, love, and joy. There's no cross that you have to pick up. Nobody needs to get hurt to do this. But there is something gooder that you can facilitate when you come from a sense of, you know, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant what? A Maserati? I don't think so. Abundant sense of self, abundant feelings of joy, an abundance of this feeling, again, that the second song was so beautiful, that no matter what is going on in the world, it is well with my soul. This is a real sense of abundance that all of us through our practice, spiritual practice, which in my church is prayer first, worship, service, lifelong learning, gratitude, generosity. You all do, we're all doing the same thing in this building. We're all doing the same thing. And in that way we can be really 
we can be equipped to be effective in helping solve the problems of the whole world. We get shut down when we get too jammed up, when I worry too much about what's going on in my house or what's going on in my computer. And um, I did learn as an aside. The man said, have you been watching a lot of television online when my computer wasn't functioning? And I said no, which was a lie, because I had just binged watched seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy back to back in a three week. Do we know Sons of Anarchy in this ministry? It was nasty. Why I say that, I don't know. I guess I was raised Catholic, I need to confess. I fib to the tech support person. We cannot afford to get jammed up. Not for anybody, not for ourselves, not for our kids, not for our communities, and not for our jobs. We have to find skillful and effective ways of unplugging your spiritual router and letting whatever it is, whatever these non-material things are, that cause us to freeze and then to only react are not going to serve us or serve the world. To be free and abundant in our sense of self is a thing that's going to help to change your life, the lives of people that you care about, and the whole world. Never has there been a time when our particip participation was more required than it is now. This is maybe a crisis point, I don't know. But I do think that the world is uh, just one great big prayer request right now, the way things are. And I'll do my part, and I know that you do your part here. And I will thank you for cultivating your sense of your Christ at wholeness, that you will remember how much love joy and peace that you have to give and that you will help each other do that as well. God bless your friends. I appreciate you. Thank you.